Section 8 of the Junior Classics, Volume 9. Stories of Today. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April 6090, California, United States of America. Big Timber Beacon by John L. Matthews. There were three government beacon lights in Big Timber Bend, and the uppermost of them was Barney Layton's. It was nothing more than a lantern set in a frame against a white target on the top of a post, fifty feet from the edge of the deep bank of the Mississippi River. It was at the very head of the bend, at the foot of the crossing, by which the channel came from the lower end of Silver Plate Bend over into Big Timber it stood there so that the pilots on river steamers coming down could set the bows of their boats toward it and run straight and true in the channel between the lower end of mcalpin's bar and the head of nottoway towhead when the river was low this channel was both shoal and narrow and the white target by day and the bright lantern by night had been gladly welcomed by pilots who had figured their way over the crossing in old days by sounding pole and luck Every night at sunset, Barney climbed the levee in front of his mother's cabin, walked the half-mile down to the head of Big Timber, and out by a path he had made through the Big Timber itself to his light post, carrying the lantern, which he set in place and lighted. Every morning he came early to put it out and carry it home for cleaning and filling. For this the government paid his mother seventy-five dollars a year besides furnishing the oil and other supplies and seventy-five dollars a year is a considerable amount behind a levee in lower arkansas the work was not always as easy as it sounds some years the mississippi never rises out of its banks and some years it does when it did it filled all the big timber in front of the levee with a rushing current and barney layton had to use main strength as well as his wits getting out in his skiff to tend his light sometimes he would be carried by and washed a mile downstream before he could get out of the current and start home again and with the river out of its banks he was always rather glad when the post too was submerged and the support for his light was either nailed on a tree in the front of the big timber or abandoned altogether for a week or two big timber had been stable for several years the swift current of the river sweeping by its front had apparently taken not a foot of soil from it the light post had been shifted hardly a rod in two seasons the crossing seemed to hold its place but at last came a big water out of the ohio which found the river already full and the lower tributaries high for weeks it stood over the banks and against the levees and when at last it went down it left the earthen banks saturated with water so that they could with difficulty sustain their own weight without collapsing then silver plate bend began to cave as the pressure of the water on its front was withdrawn the bank began to topple over and settle in the river in great slices eating back farther and farther changing the shape of the bend and altering the set of the current over the crossing the deflected swift water ate up into mcalpin's bar and struck big timber bend a hundred yards above the light and one night the rupert lee coming up and steering by barney's beacon 
as it turned where the crossing used to be ran hard on a new bar at the head of nottaway towhead she got off before morning and lay up at the light till the crossing could be sounded and barney had a chat about it with pilot ned hinckley better get your light shifted said the pilot banteringly if we'd been coming down and struck that bar with the current the rupert would have left her bones in it what good's a false beacon youngster a false beacon barney took that very much to heart he told his mother about it and she forthwith wrote to the lighthouse inspector but the letter was forestalled the next day when the tender lily herself arrived with the inspector on board sounded out a new channel and moved barney's light up to the bank to mark it now barney said the inspector you've got to be on watch that bank in silver plate is going to make trouble below big timber bend will begin caving before many days it can't stand this the water is seventy feet deep right in front of, of this bank and it must be cutting pretty steep now the snag boat will be along pretty soon and cut the timber off wide away back and then we'll set the light farther inland but till then you must watch and if the bank where the light is starts to go get the target and nail it to the front of that big gum tree right behind it if that goes keep on working straight back till we get here the crossing is moving up so you'll be about right barney promised faithfully and he kept his word he was only a boy of fifteen and it was a good deal of responsibility to have on his shoulders but barney was used to all kinds of responsibility from taking care of his mother to hauling his cotton to the gin he would keep this beacon true the inspector's prophecy was promptly verified within a week big timber bend was caving and caving badly when barney came to put the light out one morning he heard the roar of it a roar that made him run for it was more than the noise of earthen banks going in it was the sound of trees crashing into the river he hurried through the woods and found his light still standing but so close to the edge that it seemed saved by a miracle the bank before it had given and slipped into the water leaving not over a foot of earth before the post and the ladder by which he usually mounted stuck out over empty air barney approached cautiously knowing that the whole section on which he stood might at any moment sink into the deep water as he neared the edge there was a roar and a big section ten rods downstream went under barney felt chills run up and down his spine but he stayed to get his light foot by foot he advanced waiting to see if anything would happen after each step and reached at last the six-foot post shinned cautiously up it grasped the lantern and retired to safer ground then he thought of the target to get it was a task for he might shake the post free and precipitate himself into the eddying water thirty feet below but he must have the target so cautiously he went back and cautiously he tugged and wrenched until he had the white board loose then he went back to the house for nails and a hammer and later in the day he came back to fix a new mounting and brought the lantern with him meanwhile the river had not been idle barney had left the white target at the foot of the big gum tree on which it was to be nailed but the river had evidently desired the piece of bank on which the gum tree stood and had undermined it it had cracked off fifty feet back of the tree and an acre at more had slumped down about four feet 
there it had stopped but barney knew that the slightest jar might be enough to start the whole piece settling again beneath the river did he dare jump down on it run out get his target and scramble back did he dare barney thought about false beacons and scarcely hesitated the bank on which he stood had cut away as sharply as if chiselled and the soil that formed the edge was still wet and smooth over it slipped barney to the lower part and hastened toward the gum he had just reached it when he felt a peculiar trembling of the earth and heard a series of loud splashes at the waterside a quick glance told him what was happening the whole loose segment on which he stood had started slipping again it went slowly down while barney raced for the firm bank but when he reached the edge of the slipping piece he was already confronted by a precipice at least fifteen feet in height to scale which was impossible badly frightened but not panic-stricken he made two or three futile attempts only to bring the earth crashing down with him and realizing that this was to invite immediate sinking of the part he stood on he looked for another plan up and downstream ran the precipice which balked him all round the other sides of land gave sharply down into the river and at its feet washed that swift current which within a short distance of the edge was seventy feet deep barney went carefully back to the big gum tree wondering how he would get off as he stood by it the earth slipped five or six feet lower and barney realized that another six feet would put him under water then he had an idea there was one route to possible safety up the big gum tree sometimes when the bank goes in such trees roll over and drift away their roots free of earth sometimes they turn their roots up embed their branches in the bottom and form dangerous snags but sometimes they stand upright for days even weeks their tops out of water their main trunk and roots hidden deep beneath the flood this was going down so straight that barney hoped it might take that course it was a big tree and the nearest fork was at least twenty feet up but barney had brought his hammer and a pocketful of four-inch nails for the target he picked the target up and with two of them nailed it firmly to the tree five feet above the ground he took a cord from his pocket and hung his lantern over his shoulder drove a spike two feet from the ground for a step mounted on it and threw a knee over the target and drove another two feet above that sitting on the target he drove another still higher and then standing drove another above that they were not directly in line but formed a, a sort of ladder for him although a ladder difficult to cling to he was still standing on the target when the earth slipped again and this time tilted so that the shore edge was below water line but the outer edge was a foot or two above the eddies and the tree tilted shoreward slightly that made climbing easier he was on the upper side and could lean somewhat against the tree nail after nail he drove and climbed steadily upward until as he reached the crotch and found branches on which he could mount more easily the land in which the tree was rooted caved easily down into the turbulent water and a mad dog suddenly learned how to climb a tree and scrambled up after him barney could not have climbed faster than he now went up the rest of the big gum he fairly jumped from branch to branch warned of the need of haste by the gurgle of water below 
the bank went down steadily as he went up but at last it came to rest again leaving barney ten feet above the water and on the highest branch on which he dared to risk his weight looking about him he discovered himself in a dreadful plight all round rushed the swift water of the channel current bending and swaying his treetop till he feared it would be torn away fifty feet of angry water lay between him and the shore and the shore itself was a frowning cliff almost perpendicular and thirty feet high it was three miles down to the foot of big timber bend and barney could see no prospect of being able to swim out he cogitated until dusk came and could not imagine how any one would come to rescue him he had kept his hammer thrust into his outside pocket when he sprang into the branches and with his last nail he made a hook for his lantern on the swaying tree then he lighted and hung the beacon must keep that true he said aloud as he did so then settling himself in the most nearly comfortable position he could find he prepared to wait until some solution of his difficulty was thrust upon him either by the final collapse of the tree or by the arrival of rescue as it was a warm summer night even the cool of the river could not make his position impossible and there was nothing for him to do but wait when the big steamboat rupert lee bound down swung into the head of silver plate bend long after midnight pilot ned hinckley prepared for trouble landing's gone he said to his helper on the other side of the big wheel i saw jim higgins who came up in the walsh hansel and he says it cut back a quarter of a mile the whole bend has gone the two houses at the landing the people hardly got out that's what they get for living outside the levee i wish i knew what we'll find in the crossing below like as not big timber beacon has gone in into the river before now the big side wheeler coughed her way down through the silver plate bend cautiously enough feeling it by the loom of the shore since the lights at the head and middle of it were gone only a solitary beacon at the foot remained and as they swept the curve the pilot reached for a lever and threw on the searchlight and with it lighted up the bend all along its front tree trunks cluttered a ragged bank and the water rustled through their tops as they lay fallen half over he cut the light off and brought the steamboat a little farther out hate to take chances on mcalpin's bar he said but there are some nasty snags there and the bar is the lesser evil so they came down to the foot of the bend and to the solitary beacon then the pilot cast a glance across the river well by hokey he exclaimed big timber light is still standing i'm glad of that the lily reset it and if ever i was glad to see a light i'm glad to see that one now he brought the big wheel spinning over toward him and the rupert lee swung its nose out from the bank and slowly turned its huge bulk till it was headed toward the big timber beacon the current swept it downward as it turned so that as it finally straightened out the two lights bore almost directly ahead and astern the proper line for a run through the thread of channel below mcalpin's bar hinckley thoughtfully eyed the big timber beacon tommy he said does that light seem to be as high up as usual pretty low commented tommy peering out into the darkness looks to me like it ain't steady either 
the light was indeed swaying with the motion of the tree but a moment later it swayed much more violently barney had taken it from its nail and was swinging it to and fro in a long arc in the usual manner of hailing a passing steamboat it ain't the beacon at all or else someone is using it for a signal light exclaimed the pilot he threw the lever and the searchlight blazed out a turn of a little wheel overhead directed the beams and out of the darkness leaped the picture of a caved bank a tree-top waving in the water and the figure of someone in the tree-top swaying the light it's the beacon all right said the pilot or it's where the beacon was he reached for a rope and sounded loudly three long blasts of the whistle two short and another long on the lower deck all was activity at once what's the landing mr hinckley came a deep voice from the darkness below the pilot leaned out of the window and answered head of big timber bend captain something wrong with the beacon someone in the water he signaled the engine room and the wheels stopped and again the rupert lee swung around hinckley took a quick survey of the bank up and down the bend then turned his light on the beacon tree the figure of barney stood out in bold detail hello said the pilot it's the kid that tends the light lower the stage on deck there and brace the inner end of it send someone out to pick the boy out of that tree we will have to do it quick don't miss him now the rupert lee was broadside to the current and drifting swiftly downstream the wheels were barely turning the port landing stage was run out forward and lowered a dozen negro hands were stationed on the inboard end of it and a stout rouster and the mate ran to the outer end where they hung out over the water barney saw them coming and made ready to be caught he hung the lantern on its nail freed himself from the branches and as hinckley with the skill of a lifelong experience set the wheels of the steamer back to clear the nest of fallen trees barney reached out and the two on the landing stage caught him and dragged him on board the steamer backed away and turned downstream and barney after hearty congratulations from the lower deck was escorted to the pilot house hello bub said the pilot as he came in no false light about you is there you guided us over that crossing straight as a die and i'll report the way you did it to the department he did report him too and things came of that but the ending of this story came when barney had been put aboard the kate clancy in the bend below to be carried back home and as the kate clancy came up through big timber bend to drop him at the foot of mcalpin's bar he and her captain surveyed the scene of his adventure and found no sign of the beacon for the big gum tree and the lantern had gone into the river end of section eight